We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? This is KCSN Update, your daily Chiefs podcast and video from us here at KC Sports Network. We appreciate you for watching, whether it's on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. I'm BJ Kissel, founder of KC Sports Network and former Chiefs insider and sideline reporter. And today is Friday, which means we'll be joined by Pro Football Focus's Trevor Sikama, who's going to break down his three intriguing stats for the Chiefs so far this season. Plus, we'll get his thoughts on the big trade yesterday for Kadarius Tony, a guy that went to school with him at the University of Florida, has seen a lot of Tony play. But before we bring on Trevor, here's a quick word from our friends over at DraftKings. You can make every play feel as exciting as a Patrick Mahomes deep throw with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL and their unbeatable offers. Right now, new customers can bet any $5 NFL bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. And check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on those stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code KCSN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Just place a $5 bet on any football game. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook using code KCSN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, right now let's welcome on at Pro Football Focus's Trevor Sikama. Trevor, it's always nice to talk with you uh, at the end of the week. Every time I see you, it's like we're almost to the weekend. We're almost <laughs> to football. Uh, so maybe it's why I'm a little pepped up every Friday when we talk. Uh, but uh, how's last week been for you, man? Dude, it's been great. I, my my question for you is, what are you going to do this weekend? Were you just like kicking back, just like relaxing? Like, yeah, you actually get to enjoy the rest of the league playing? Is that what you're going to do this weekend? A little bit. So we're taking uh, the family to my wife's uh, from Manhattan. So we're going to see the in-laws, take them oh, up okay. there, nice. uh, and then catch a probably a K-State football game while we're there. Probably watching yeah. K-State volleyball. My wife played volleyball at K-State, and they're playing Texas this weekend. So that's a big one. So we'll go watch a little uh, college volleyball uh, which is always fun. If you've ever watched, if anybody's listening, college volleyball, really good college volleyball is actually really fun to watch. Like, oh my gosh. I, I wish I, I honestly awesome. wish I watched more of it. It's funny. Um, they, I, I watch it obviously for the Olympics. Like I think everybody does yeah. with every Olympic sport. Cause they try to take it in. But fun fact, when I was at the university of Florida, hmm. the very first sports beat that I covered 
was Florida volleyball. Really? It does. It holds a special place in my heart. So I could see why you'd be excited to go see it live and in person. It's one of those things where they make it look really easy. And then when you go try to like hit it or do those things, it's like, I got no shot. And quick side story. There was some, when I I played baseball at K-State, that's where I met my wife. And uh, there were some guys on the baseball team that had challenged the volleyball team to like a sand volleyball match because these were the young freshmen. They were all from Texas. They were really like confident in their abilities mm-hmm. to play baseball. And they thought that translated to volleyball. Me being like the junior, I think at the time, I was like, have you guys ever been to a college volleyball game? <laughs> they were like, no, man, like we're good. Like we can throw, we can do all this. I'm like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> like I'll watch. And then our second baseman dislocated his finger trying to, to block. Oh. <laughs> like it was in the fall, but um, yeah, not too, not too bright. But anyway, let's get into a little football talk. Uh, now, because obviously the bye week, we're going to be a little more creative with the things that we discuss. Normally it's, you know, the key matchups going into the upcoming game, mm-hmm. but you being a pro football focus, you've got access to all the cool stats, um, that, uh, the rest of us, uh, minions aren't privy to as much. So I want to get into to some of those and what's stood out to you so far from the chiefs this season. Yeah, we'll start with one that I know a lot of people have uh, certainly noticed over the last two weeks because it's been hard not to, uh, and that's the presence of Juju Smith-Schuster and specifically him becoming exactly what they have wanted him to be when they signed him and really what Juju himself is probably a form of himself that he has probably been trying to get back to for the last couple of years. It's been disappointing over the last few seasons for Smith-Schuster who um, he made the Pro Bowl in 2018 and early times with the Steelers people were like man this can be a takeover wide receiver a guy who can use a lot in space uh, a slot stud that I think you can probably move around in a lot of different spots of the field but that production just really tailed off and Look, the Steelers' offense wasn't so great at passing the ball during uh, Ben Roethlisberger's last couple of years there, and I get that. But still, you would have thought that Smith-Schuster, a guy who could be a security blanket type of player, somebody who maybe the average depth of targets a little bit less, but the yards after catch could be up, you'd figure that still would have played right into his recipe, if you will, and it really didn't. So he goes over to Kansas City, signs that one-year deal, a little bit of a slow start for him through the first four or five weeks of the season, but... These past two weeks, especially 87.3 receiving grade, which is second only behind Travis Kelsey, 10 first down catches, which I think is important. Also second only to Travis Kelsey, 12, 12 targets, 12 receptions, hundred percent catch rate on that. And then of course the 144 yards after the catch. So the average depth of target is lower, but those yards after the catch, that ability to get him in stride, in motion, going horizontally, then getting vertically that recipe right there. We are, we are seeing it become an incredible dish, if you will, for Juju Smith-Schuster. And that's the vision for him. I think that it's also interesting that it's not like he's only played from the slot. I think a lot of people thought that Juju Smith-Schuster was going to be this only slot archetype kind of wide receiver. I believe it's only 33% of his plays have come from the slot. They're using him all over. They're not afraid to get him out in whatever parts of the field they believe they can get him in motion, get those yards after the catch racked up, all that kinds of stuff. So I think a stat that definitely stands out is the last two weeks they have unlocked if you will what the role for smith schuster was supposed to be in pittsburgh down the stretch and now what they hoped it would be in kansas city he's definitely getting in line and producing a lot for him trevor along those lines i wanted to bring those up and it's great to hear about juju and i think you know it it fits in with a lot of the conversations you and i have it's a lot of conversations that brett coleman and i have on wednesdays when we do the kcsn update video uh but i I stumbled across these numbers from patrick mahomes and it kind of fits into the juju and i I promise i'll bring it around but i was curious on uh i'm in here and you know the premium stats are pro football focus and just looking the depth of you know the passes from patrick mahomes the percentage of throws to different areas of the field 
And I thought it was interesting comparing 2021 percentages to 2022 percentages. And most of them are pretty close. They're not that far off. Last year, um, during the regular season, Patrick Mahomes, 10.5% of his passes were 20 yards or more beyond, or 20 more or yards down the field. Whereas this year, it's at 8.4%. But we get to medium is where it stands out to me, which is at 10 to 19 yards down the field. Mm-hmm. And last year, 18.1%. But the interesting stat there for me is it was 18.1%, but it was 8.3 yards per attempt. And so mm-hmm. like the intermediate routes, when they were successful, were garnering about 8.3 yards per attempt again. And then this year so far, 22.1% in that same area, but a yards per attempt of 126 so they are picking up significantly more chunks of yardage by throwing intermediate, which is that juju type area. Yes. And Brett's point was they're also seeing a lot more man coverage. So a lot of these routes, and I don't have ultimate and some of those other even more fancier type things to figure out what types of routes, but it's a lot more over routes. It's a lot more crossing routes. It's a lot more man beaters than it before, where it was a lot of zone coverage where they just sit inside these windows. And the other thing that stands out to me, just sticking on Patrick Mahomes before we move to the next one. Now I'll get your thoughts on all this stuff I'm fire hosing you with um, passes behind the line of scrimmage. Uh-huh. So the, the biggest difference from this year to last year was last year during the regular season, 21% of Patrick Mahomes passes were behind the line of scrimmage. Whereas this year it's only at 15.2 and it might not seem like a huge difference, but most of the numbers and Andy Reid's pretty good about making sure with this, you know, they're attacking, you know, the same kind of way and they stick in their offensive philosophy but of all the numbers that one has been the biggest difference and then obviously the yards per attempt jumps out to me uh, on those intermediate routes yeah i think the point that you made about teams not being so what you said the stat that you said actually goes into not only juju smith schuster but i think travis kelsey as well that's why you see both of those numbers go up because it's those two types of wide receivers that can be fantastic for you over the middle when you're going up against defensive coverages that are playing the way that you mentioned those statistics there with man versus zone, what they're seeing more this year versus what they're seeing more from last year. It's advantageous to both of those guys. And again, like it's a, it's a hats off to Andy Reid kind of a thing. I said on our, our, our daily show on it's just football. um, I think it was on Monday. Mm -hmm. And I was like, look, you know, I know the chiefs lost to the Colts. I get it. I know that they lost to the bills. I get it. But what they were able to do to the 49ers and the way that they did it, Andy Reid's the offensive yeah. king until he's not. You know, like this combination yeah. of Patrick Mahomes and, and Andy Reid, he's going to put players, he's going to design plays to put players in the best areas to succeed, not only for their strengths, but also what they believe they can get the most out of the defenses that they're giving them looks for. And then Patrick Mahomes is going to get the ball exactly where they need to. So attacking intermediate, not only good for Juju, great for Travis Kelsey as well. And I think that's a great part of their identity. It doesn't have to be 60 yards down the field. Just keep yeah. getting things a little bit past those 10 yards. 10 to 19 yards is a great way to attack a defense consistently. It allows you to keep moving the sticks. It makes you less boom or bust. And I think that you're seeing that, especially last week with what they did to the Niners. I love it. All right, let's move on to the next stat. We, we could sit here and talk about the offense all day long. And to your point, I don't think Andy Reid has gotten enough credit for being one of the best coaches in NFL history. Uh, to this oh, point, I think he gets he a lot of credit, he but is. offensively, his ability to develop quarterbacks and just have success. He had success with Alex Smith. He's had success with Patrick Mahomes. Even going back to Philly, he's always found success offensively, and he always has an answer for whatever is coming. Doesn't say it's always executed, but you never see him look lost for an entire game. There are times where they look really bad in the first half, and they figure it out. Like, you give him enough time, he always has an answer for things. But um, that was my little diatribe on 
Andy Reid not getting enough credit, even though he's you know top he five should. all time in wins. I was I was gonna say you talking about him as like one being one of the best of all time. He he is. He absolutely yeah. is. Whether it's longevity, whether it's you know peak of success, I, I Andy Reid is absolutely one of the greatest head coaches in NFL history, no doubt about it. Well, I'm glad we agree on that. And and while we're saying, I know I keep seeing him doing this, but uh, in fairness, you know, you and I joked about Patrick Mahomes and his grade, and it became a thing within Chiefs Kingdom. I just looked. Patrick Mahomes is the highest graded passer as far as passing mm. on Pro Football Focus right now, and then overall, he's number two to Josh Allen. And Chiefs fans can get upset as they want about that, but there's a lot of being put out there as like, oh, he's graded as an average court. No, he's the number one passing quarterback and number two overall. And motor that a lot of that's because of Josh Allen's ability to be a six foot four, two hundred thirty five pound running back. But. Yeah, wild, <laughs> wild, built in a lab. <laughs> yes, both of them. All right, let's move on to the second stat. I'm furiously coming up uh, with some numbers over here myself because I want to get your take on this. But okay, uh, what have you got for us for the second one? Okay, I'm going to stick along the offensive line. We'll go over to defense from our last point, but I'm going to stay on the offensive line. And, and one of the stats that is really glaring to me is the offensive tackle duo for the Chiefs right now, um, Orlando Brown and Andrew Wiley, both of them bottom six in the NFL in total pressures allowed. Uh, or Orlando Brown has given up 24 pressures so far this season. That is third uh, in the NFL. And then Andrew Wiley, 20 pressures. That is tied for Sixth, I think the interior is playing really well. That interior with the Chiefs might be the best in the NFL. So you know you can get away from it. You're you can get away from you can get away with is how I guess what I should say. Sort of that tackle play because you have good interior to help out, as well as Patrick Mahomes still being one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL against the blitz. I think he's sixth in PFF grade against the blitz, but we just. We don't even need the PFF grade for that. We could use our eyes. We could see exactly how good he is when he gets outside of structure, um, even when it's from the tackle position. But the reason why that stat matters the most to me is because when you look at who the number one pass rushing team in the NFL is with their edge rushers alone, uh, it's the Buffalo Bills. And so mm-hmm. that's, that is the area where <clears throat> if you are thinking long-term, if you are thinking January, if you are thinking playoffs, Bills, Broncos, um browns dolphins jets Bengals. all of those teams are in the afc and all of those teams are top 10 in pass rush in pass rush win rate when it comes to just their edge rushers so guys who would be going up against the offensive tackles for the chiefs and a couple of those teams are playoff teams a couple of them aren't but that's ultimately the reason why that really stood out to me is because when i look at the chiefs yes they've got to handle their business week in and week out to make sure they're the best version of themselves they can be when it comes to the playoffs but you got to think about what's in store for them. Buffalo's the Buffalo is at the end of the road at some point, you know, whether they're hosting the playoff game, whether it's in the AFC championship game, whether it's around before, whatever it is, I think they're going to have to get by Buffalo at some point if they want to make the Super Bowl. And that's a matchup where the offensive tackles just have to be better. They've got to be better than what they were before, especially for, uh, for how good the bills and a lot of other teams are at getting home with four guys. It's amazing that you brought that stack because I didn't. I knew lightly what you're going to talk about. I didn't know where you're going with it. I was literally looking up the opponents that the Chiefs have coming up and what okay. their pass rate, win rate, okay, records were. Because I knew it's our tackles, and I was like, all right, let's see who they faced and who they're about to. And I was like, you know what? It's not going to get a whole lot easier the rest of the schedule. I mean, the Titans um, had listed them as number four at least on the pass rush just grades mm-hmm. um, that you guys have. But 
um, yeah, they have a couple of matchups. I mean, obviously the Texans um, are doing great. Uh, we're getting pressure, but they're not doing great overall, which makes sense. But yeah, I think, you know, as much as it is about the rest of the regular season, I think it's confident looking at the Chiefs' schedule. They're going to end up in the playoffs, barring any crazy injuries. Uh, so those teams that you just mentioned, it's going to be a thing, and it's going to be the key matchup that we talk about going into all of those playoff games is can they stay within the scope of what they want to do offensively without having Patrick Mahomes have to scramble and make a bunch of crazy you know, street ball type plays outside the pocket, right. which we know he can do. You've brought it up before about how elusive he is. And how he can get outside the pocket and make plays, even with the high, you know, um, pressure percentage against him, mm-hmm. you know, his sack rate being low because of his ability to get out of a lot of those plays. So, yep. uh, makes a lot of sense. But uh, I think your next one is on the defensive side of the ball. It is, yes, uh, defense side of the, the ball. And I was very intrigued to look up this the, the grade for this because. <clears throat> Look, we all talked about Spag's experiment getting Chris Jones as a full-time edge rusher last year, at least for a little bit of time, right, to start the season. And the thing was that, okay, you know, he's a mismatch player on the edge with his size. You know, he can really get after offensive tackles who aren't used to that kind of a thing. You move him over there because you think about the mismatch that it could be in obvious passing situations. But there were too many times when he was sitting out there and he was having to contain the quarterback or read things in a read option or, like, whatever it was, and it just – that was clearly not to his strength. Like you still, in those situations, you would have rather him been on the interior. You would have rather him been something between a zero to three technique, kind of a player, even a four eye, uh, if you wanted him kind of outside on the shoulder there. But when I look at what he's doing this year, I have noticed that they will still kick him out to edge. And I feel like I I felt like going into this week, the the couple of times I've seen him at edge, you'll be like, Oh man, he was impactful right there. And I can't remember the bad plays. And Sure enough, it feels like the Chiefs are still willing to put Chris Jones on the edge Mm -hmm. just in more obvious passing down situations. And the rewards have been fantastic. As just an edge rusher, left and right edge rusher this year, Chris Jones has an elite pass rush grade (laughs) of 90.8. He's got three sacks, nine pressures, and almost a 20% pass rush win rate. That's just as an edge rusher. That's and imagine, edge rusher. imagine what it would be if the, the game against the Raiders, when he sacked the quarterback and took it away from Derek Carr at the same time, got called for a penalty that was coming off the edge too. That would right. have been a, another sack and a strip fumble, like just, been in, even it, higher. They have figured out the way to get the most out of him as a potential edge rusher. You look at why they did it last year and you think about that mismatch potential again with the unique size and offensive tackles aren't used to going up against a player like that when they get to line up as an edge. You like that mismatch ability, but there was vulnerability with him against the run. And I can understand why Spags was kind of like, oh, you know, like he's a bigger body. He's an interior player. We don't have to worry about him setting the edge. We don't have to worry about him against the run. But it was when he had to play contain. It was when he, like I said, there were those misdirection plays or read options where he had to read something on the play and then quickly react, get into his motion. So those were the areas where he was really susceptible to be taking advantage of. They're not mm-hmm. putting him in those situations this year. And instead they're putting him in the situations in which you are clearly reaping a ton of rewards. Chris Jones is the highest interior defensive lineman in the NFL right now. He has the highest grade. I believe it's a 92.8 overall. And when you bring him out of that, he is just overall, I think totally total like defensive player package along the defensive line. He's the best we've seen in the NFL for how versatile he is for how successful he is as an edge rusher and interior defensive lineman. 
he has been unbelievable. So that stat is really just to say they've really found the ratio of what works of when to play him on the on the edge versus when you want to continue to keep him in the middle. So that is going to be a huge advantage for them, I think, moving forward. Granny, you're talking to a biased host and to a biased uh, channel of uh, the people that are here watching. But do you feel like Chris Jones should be in the conversation for defensive player of the year? Obviously, yeah. a lot of times edge rushers, takeaways, interceptions, like those kinds of plays. But do you think what Chris Jones is doing for the Chiefs defense warrants him being in that conversation this year? And I, guys like Micah Parsons are just absolute animals. We, I, not taking anything away from any of those other guys, but do you think it's it's too much to put Chris in that combo? Dude, he's not even. I'm looking at the odds. He's not even on here. He's not even on the the the, the <sighs> list that I'm looking at. I don't know what I don't know what book this website is getting it from, but like. <clears throat> Parsons is one, Bose is two, Garrett's three, Crosby's four, Donald's five, Von Miller is six, Khalil Mack is seven, Rashawn Gary is eight. You got Quinn and oh, Williams. Edge rushers. You got Qu- Quinn and Williams. Quinn and Williams at nine. Now he's tied with a bunch of people at like plus 400. So, like, that's kind of when you start to get into that. Okay. You just, you know, pick somebody and you get the bet on him. But I don't even see his name in here. I got I to gotta look at a different book because that is blowing my mind. Because my immediate reaction to that is for everything that he does for the Chiefs defense how his presence impacts so much of the rest of what they do. He's playing yeah. for a winner. He's playing for a contender. He's a big name. People know who Chris Jones is. Absolutely. He should be in that conversation. Yeah. Is he going to win it? No, probably not because of what you mentioned, yeah. unless he goes crazy with sacks, he probably wouldn't win it, but yeah. Be in the conversation. Yeah. He absolutely deserves to be in that conversation. Now that's pretty disrespectful to not even have him on that list. Now, now I'm I gotta, upset. I got I to gotta look at a different book. It's Friday. I do not want to be upset today trevor now i'm a little upset all right <laughs> let's move on to, to something a little more uh positive a little more exciting going on in chief's kingdom right now it's obviously the trade that they made um on thursday for the giants Kadarius tony the wide receiver mm-hmm. running back former quarterback return specialist athlete whatever you want to call him uh chiefs giving up a their compensatory third round pick which is basically if for anyone listening, it's after the third round is over, they give out a bunch of comp picks. So you're looking at a pick probably in the 98 to 104 ish type range. Uh, you're not looking at like the 70th pick. So, and that, that does matter. So technically you could look at it as like a, you know, an early fourth round pick uh, mm-hmm. if you want. And then the sixth round pick um, again, with all the compensatory picks for Chiefs fans, I want to look at it this way could be kind of viewed as a seventh. Uh, with all the, again, with all the comp picks that are pushing all the rest of the stuff down, but either way, um, not a ton of, you're not going to find an athlete like that, uh, with what the chiefs gave up, but then they own $1.9 million, uh, next year. And then two and a half million dollars in 2024. Uh, so he's under contract for about two and a half years with the chiefs for those two picks. Trevor, what were your thoughts when you heard and saw the news of Kadarius Tony headed to the chiefs? I laughed audibly that the, <laughs> that the league would let this happen. Uh, it's, it's, it's silly. Look, I get, I get it. And you know what? Joe, good on Joe Shane, the general manager for the New York giants, because it just felt like they, they weren't going to get anything out of Kadarius Tony, whether it was injury or, you know, where his spot was on the team, what they were doing with him and without him. Like it just, it didn't seem like things were going well in New York. That's why it was on the trade block. That's why they ended up moving him they get something for him. And this is a player who has missed a lot of time over the last two years. And so getting even like a third round pick for him works for Joe Shane, especially if he talked to Brian Dable and Brian Dable was like, yeah, this guy's really not in our long-term plans. He's, he's not reliable for us. Um, We're kind of like moving on without him then really great move for them. But for the Kansas city chiefs, it's also brilliant. You outlined that the picks they gave up, not really anything. If we're being honest, you know, you figure where Mm -hmm. the chiefs are going to finish. It's going to be, 
uh, it's not even going to be a top 100 pick that's in the third round there. And, um, and you mentioned there's not a lot of cap implications either. On the flip side, the, the reward part of risk versus reward, I've never seen an athlete move like Darius Tony. Never. <laughs> I, I don't know if his knees are like Gumby knees or in like the same things with his ankles. Like the things that he was able to do at Florida and the highlight reels that you see at Florida, the contact balance, the way that he, that he's, his, his lower body is so flexible, how he can stay up the speed that he has, you know, like this is just a truly unique athlete. And what did we start the show talking about? <laughs> Andy Reed, Andy Reed's one of the best coaches who's ever coached in this game and if anybody's going to be able to get a lot out of Kadarius Tony, unlock that athlete, that unique athletic ability, it's going to be him. And so for the Chiefs, I think it's brilliant. You know, some people might look at it and say, okay, they've got Miko Hardman. They have Sky Moore. Where's Kadarius Tony fitting? And to that, I say this is one of those situations that you don't always want to operate like this. It gets dangerous when you do this but you kind of get the guy on the roster and you figure it out later. You really do, yeah. especially for as low of the price as it was for how high of a talent this player is. There are very few players who can do the things that Kadarius Tony does. Anytime that's the case, you get to play them. You get to pair that with a really great play designer and one of, if not the best quarterbacks that's living right now. That to no. me is a recipe where you are going to get the most out of this player. Kadarius Tony went 20th overall because of his athletic ability, because of how, enamored people were with them now would every team have picked him in the first round i don't know but there are a handful of teams that would have i don't think i yeah. think even if the giants wouldn't have so i think that it's a huge situation it's, it's a huge benefit for the chiefs this is probably somebody where when they looked at his ability he was probably close to a late first round grade for the chiefs maybe he was like a, a something in the second round but he was close to that point let's say he's a top 50 guy for them you're getting a top 50 guy a year later for pick 108 that's yeah. worth it. come on that's like that's 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 worth it especially if you kind of vet the process if you figure out that he's not going to kind of come in and throw a temper tantrum or anything like that you know like the, i guess character yeah. and what he could be to the locker room that's something that i can't evaluate because i'm not in the locker room in new york i don't know what's going on there but as long as yeah. you kind of vet that process out <clears throat> the talent itself Love this for the Chiefs. I think there's plenty of different play places that you could play them. And it's something that you and I talked about before the show. Yeah. Not a lot think, of receivers locked up after this year. So yeah, makes sense to go get them. Yeah, it there's only a few ways you can bring guys onto your roster. And you look at the Chiefs wide receiver room, and next year, as of right now, before this move, it was Sky Moore and Marquez Valdez Scantling is the only guys under contract. And so this is very much a long-term play for the Chiefs in that you can only add guys a few ways. You can draft them, you can trade for them, or you can sign them as free agents. I think anybody in free agency last year that saw the wide receiver market and what guys were going for, the right. Chiefs aren't going to go and get three or four wide receivers in that room that were all through free agency. Mm -hmm. So you're going to use some of them in the draft. You can't get a talent like Kadarius Tony with pick nope. 108 in this draft. So nope. if you don't want to pay and not sliding any of these guys like Christian Kirk and Cedric Wilson, Braxton Berrios getting $6 million a year in free agency. You just got Kadarius Tony, a talent like that for two and a half years for basically like under $5 million. So yeah. it's a brilliant long-term move to where now you have Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony and Marquez Valdez Scantling under contract in that wide receiver room beyond this year. And it didn't cost you a ton of money to do it. So to your point, you bring him in and you just figure it out. It's kind of like drafting him 
without having to spend all of that premium money in free agent to get an older, more established player because everybody wants a guy. Well, he hasn't really done a lot yet. Yeah, well, if he had done a lot, he wouldn't get him for a third and a sixth. So you put him with a guy like Patrick Mahomes, you put him in the number one offense in the NFL right now, as far as scoring and with a play caller and a player designer, like Andy Reed, Eric, the Matt Nagy, all those guys. And then you figure yeah. it out. But to your point, if he can stay healthy, if he can make a handful of plays, they're going to say it's worth it. He does not he, need to make a ton of plays for Chiefs fans to be excited about this move. Yeah, people look at this and they go like, oh, it's a risk. Anytime you add a player, it's a risk. If you sign a, if you sign a player in free agency, it's a risk. If you draft a player, it's a risk. Heck, if you even draft a first rounder, it's a risk, right? And those are supposed yeah. to be things that are close to surefire because you're picking up at the top of the order. You're picking up the guys that you you think you know are going to be really great for your team long-term. So whether it's a trade, whether it's a signing, whether it's a draft pick, I, I do think that people forget this is a risk no matter what. Oh, yeah, it's kind of, you, you know, you're rolling the dice on Kadarius Tony. You're rolling the dice on whoever you pick it one away. Yeah. You're, you're, you're rolling the dice on whoever you sign in free agency that you're giving this money to. So everything's a roll of the dice. And I like it because the risk versus reward, well, what's really the risk here? Like you said, yeah. like the, the, the contract is low and the pick was low. So <clears> instead, <throat> I think the reward potential for the Chiefs definitely outweighs it. The Chiefs are good enough of an organization where uh, I believe there is continuity within and good communication from the front office to the coaching staff. So this is not something where yeah. I look at Brett Veach and he went, oh, I'm going to go get Kadarius Tony. And then he trades for him and goes, good luck, Andy. You know, I'm pretty sure that he was talking to Andy about what they could do with Kadarius Tony. And like, that is also the most important part because look, we've seen dysfunctional organizations before where the owner or the GM makes a draft pick on their own, makes a signing on their own, and they go to the coach and go, you better figure out how to use them because we used a high pick on them or we spent a lot of money on them. I don't think that's what happened in Kansas City. So I have faith that this one's going to work out as well as it could. Much higher probability that, uh, to your point, you said the line earlier that I said yesterday in our live show, is there's a better chance that uh, people ask, how the hell did the Chiefs get Kadarius Tony on their roster for a couple mid-round picks than yep. people using this move as a reason to try to dissuade or not dissuade, try to talk down anything that Brett Veach has done in building this roster. <laughs> there's, there's not it, the resources used. Uh, we're not high enough, but Trevor, before we let you go, um, obviously the chiefs with the bye week this week, what other games are you looking most forward to for some chiefs fans that just get to sit back and relax, maybe watch some college football on Saturday, but on Sunday, what, uh, what game is piquing your interest the most uh, that chiefs fans might be able to check out on Sunday? Obviously, uh, Chiefs fans have to pay attention to literally anything the Buffalo Bills are doing. They're hosting the Packers. That should be a good game, but I don't think it's going to be. So that's it. Alan Lazard's not playing in that one. That could you know, tough. I, I honestly, I, I'm very curious to see what this Dolphins Lions game is like because the mm -hmm. Lions, uh, they kind of have their back against the wall here, one in five, and I really do. This one's in Detroit. I think they're going to give their dol the Dolphins their best. And the Chiefs should also be making sure that they're paying attention to the Dolphins because this Dolphins team could be a future first-round opponent for them whenever they play mm -hmm. in the oh. in, whenever they play their first game in the playoffs. So what the Dolphins are, what they could become, I think that that would be very advantageous for them to keep an eye on. And I really do. I think that they're going to get the Lions best this upcoming weekend. So that one stands out to me. Obviously, the Bills won. Um and then, man, if you flip over to the NFC, you know, if Chiefs fans are, are interested in the NFC games, Giants-Seahawks is fascinating. These are two teams that we thought would be terrible going into the season. Here wow. the Giants are at 6-1 and one in a playoff spot. 
Uh, Seattle Seahawks look like they're the top of that division at four and three. And so that is a matchup of two teams that nobody like people still have a hard time explaining. And uh, I'm, I'm very interested to see who comes out on top of that one. I think Chiefs fans have a, a soft spot for Seattle. Obviously, the old school AFC West, and then just the the fleecing of the Denver Broncos, knowing the Seahawks are doing great, and they've got a couple of first round picks, a couple of second round picks, yeah. and a lot of cap space uh, next year. So, uh, shout out to Schneider and Pete Carroll and all those guys for for killing it. But uh, you you mentioned the Chiefs Dolphins as a potential first round playoff game. If you believe in conspiracy theories, anything, the NFL could not want a matchup more for the Chiefs in the first round than the Chiefs and Dolphins for reasons that we don't need to talk about. Uh, but Trevor, man, we appreciate it as always. That's Trevor Sikama from Pro Football Focus. You can catch him uh, every day on It's Just Football, his podcast with Mike Renner, I believe. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. It's you yep. and Mike. So you can check that out, uh, Pro Football Focus. What time is it every day? 11 a.m. we go live, but it lives on YouTube. So you can see it uh, whenever, whenever it is most convenient for you. There you go. Well, appreciate everybody out there for spending part of your day with us here during the bye week. We'll have plenty more content uh, throughout the weekend, kind of spacing some of the stuff that we're out. So we're doing that we're doing. Uh, so you get some content about the Chiefs throughout the weekend while they're not playing. And then we'll kick things up next week, getting ready for that Sunday night showdown at Arrowhead Stadium between the Chiefs and the Titans. That is the next one up on the schedule. But hope everyone out there has a great and safe holiday weekend. And uh, yeah, we'll see you all later. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.